We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And right here with me I have Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. Well, and it's beautiful in New Athens and Trinity as well. I'm John's sure it is. Well. <laughs> always, <laughs> always. Always. Anything special happening over there at Ascension? Anything big going on? Well, soon it'll be the Beer Line Streets. <laughs> Oh, that's of right. South St. Louis. The brew, the, brew yeah, the, the, the brew and the Lou's coming up soon. And so, yeah. That's I'll, I'll, close to where your church is? The, oh, it's right across the street. In the park so there? It's in the park. So we have Francis Park right across Did the street Did they ever get us. the Francis statue up, by the way? It is not up yet. No, we, okay. are, we have made our donation and part of the community effort, but it's not yet up. Okay. All so, right. So Ascension will be represented, though. We have a little brick or something that, that's going to be uh, with our name on it. <laughs> hopefully not bricks that you'll throw at the statue. Well, hopefully not. No, <laughs> no, no, we, no. we like David Francis, the, the namesake of the park. But right. but the, the Brew and the Lou, getting back to yeah, that. The, yeah, So that's that's sponsored that. by uh, Lisa, the Lutheran Elementary School Association here in St. Louis, and they helped him. Not your wife. Not my wife, Lisa. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, Lutheran. Oh, no, she likes a little beer every once in a while too, John. Uh, but this helps with uh, elementary and high school uh, kids go to uh, Lutheran schools. Helps with tuition to freeze some of that cost. So they have a what better way to do that than than drink for the kids? So it's <laughs> brewing the Lou, uh, home brewers, other microbreweries, all sorts of folks there uh, on October the fourteenth. That's a Saturday and. Again, that's right across the street from the church. I think you can purchase times, tickets online. Times, times, It's uh, in the afternoon. I don't have the exact times in front of me. <laughs> okay. Just show up in the just afternoon. Show There'll up. be people drinking just there. show up thirsty. Help and our, Stop by the Ascension booth. Our church is providing. Oh, cool. We're buying 2,000 pretzels uh, <laughs> from Gus's Pretzels here in St. Louis. We're going to be oh, serving those up. the full size? The full size. Oh, the real my deal. Goodness. And we're giving them away. Wow. We're giving them away. So our men's club took that up as a little service project and just a service to the, the cause. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we want to be a part of that community, too. So, yeah. Thanks. That is super I'll be there exciting. serving pretzels, so stop by and say hi to <laughs> Pastor Clark. Uh, whether it be like cheese dip or is that asking Wait, too much? John, come on. Okay, you're getting the pretzels. You're, 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 you got else, a free pretzel. What more do you want? Got the cheese yeah, dip. I'm sure there's another booth with the cheese dip. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, very good. So, so here's what we want to do. We, we've been doing the Lord's Prayer, but we're going to kind of alternate between some classic Bible stories. So it's time to do the classic Bible story. Uh, I want to do the classic Bible story of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Ooh, that is a cla- it's so classic. It's become a cliche. Yeah, even in our society, people talk about Good Samaritans, and I'm not so sure we, they we even good, know that this is in the Bible. We, but. Have, we have Good Samaritan laws, don't we? Yeah, yeah even our yeah. laws of our land. So yeah. If you stop to help somebody, then they can't sue you <laughs> later <laughs> <I know>. on. <laughs> what a wonderful <laughs> country we live in. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I do wonder, you know, how many even people know nowadays in America that even comes from the Bible, that, that term that, that phrase. That could be. That could be. It yeah. just is part of our language, and they don't realize it actually has a wonderful, wonderful story in the Scripture behind it. You've preached on this many a time, haven't you? I have. Yep. It's a great text. And, and of course, see, you know, we've talked about this before. You're you're using the uh, three-year lectionary. Yes. I, I've gone back in my last later years here, just in <laughs> the case. The twilight of your ministry. Well, well, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, what if I get to the judgment scene and God <laughs> says, you never use the one-year lectionary? <laughs> so I think I better get that kid all my bases covered. Uh, and, of course, you get to use it every three years in yes. the year of Luke. Uh, yeah. I get to use it every year now in the one-year lectionary, except I'm retiring, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's the next guy can the deal next with guy it. Can deal with it. Uh, um, but here's what I wanted to share with you, which I thought was interesting. Where do you remember in the three-year lectionary where the text begins, in 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 the story? It, at what point in Luke what, chapter? Luke uh, chapter uh, what are we 10? in here? Eleven? Yeah. yeah or yeah. ten? I have no chapter. idea. Oh yes, you do. Look look at your Bible. Well, yeah, let's you can see. see right there. My begins. my Lutheran study Bible conveniently breaks it off there and begins it at verse twenty five. Which says what? So there's a lawyer coming and they're putting Jesus to the test. Right. That's where that's where it starts. I'm glad to hear that because that's really I think pretty important to the overall story. Well, yeah. So so. No doubt, we need to have a little bit of introduction. You can't just jump in. You got to know why Jesus is telling the story about the Good Samaritan. But do you know what the one-year lectionary, where the one-year lectionary begins? Of course, what you don't. does the wacky one-year lectionary do? It, it actually starts two verses earlier. Oh, okay. It actually starts with uh, um, verse twenty-three. I see. So let's start reading there, verse twenty-three. Okay, we're going to go and the, 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 the one-year route. Because well, obviously the church has been starting at verse 23, and for some reason when they put the three-year lectionary together, they thought, oh, we don't need those two verses, just yeah. get rid of them. But I think I think these are important verses. Go well, and, and I think yeah. just acknowledge that these verses are sort of a man-made thing. I mean, the, the verse numbers That's are not divinely too. inspired, and these section breakings are not divinely inspired. That doesn't come until centuries after the... The New Testament is written, so that's I think that's important to recognize too. So, so, so it's when okay. Luke was doing this, he actually had the whole ball of wax all together. One continuous yeah. account, yeah. sure. Yeah. So uh, okay, let's verse verse twenty three of Luke chapter ten. Yeah. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, "Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not see it." And and I, I really think that was wise on the part of the one-year lectionary people to include that, because I think that's the foundation for what's going to happen from here on out. The question is, are you seeing, are you hearing? Because Jesus says, there's been some things that are really great to see and really great to hear. In fact, people throughout history have longed to hear these things and to see these things. And that's the true blessing, in order to hear and to see because I think now what happens is uh, we are told a story about a man who has ears but doesn't hear and has eyes but doesn't see. That That's the point. That's the problem with this lawyer in our text, that the blessings are right there in front of him. And certainly he has heard Jesus preach. Otherwise, he wouldn't be talking to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Why would he come up to him unless he's... He knows about him. He's heard about him. Sure. No doubt he's seen the miracles and wonders, right? The healing of the sick. Maybe he was there at the feeding of the 5,000, and yet having heard those things and seen those things, 
he doesn't understand. So with that background, you want to pick so, up the So story? what is a lawyer, first of all? I oh, mean, okay. Well, are we know, talking? Tell us what a lawyer well, is. Well, you're, I mean, I'm just, I think it's helpful to point out, too. Yes. This is not some attorney. It's not uh, no. Brown and Crouppen. Like, this That's right. It's not Brown TV, and right? Crouppen. It's not so the, the guy with the eye patch. <laughs> the eye patch. I forget yeah, his Brown name. Yeah, it's Brown and but... Brown, I think. Yeah, Brown there's a lot Brown. of Brown people doing lawyer <laughs> stuff. I don't know. So this is someone, we were talking about the law. We are talking about the, the, the Old Testament law. The Bible. Expert, yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah, scriptures. The Old Testament yes, scriptures, yeah, yeah. yeah. So coming from that perspective, boy, he has seen and heard in that regard. But does he see and hear Jesus? That's And that's yeah. the question. Yeah. That's the point. Good. And I think when we get to the parable, I think that's the point, too. Because yeah. I don't think he's going to see and he's going to hear. And maybe we haven't seen and we haven't heard what that parable is really all about, too. But, but today... Matt and John are going to give you the real meaning of the parable of the Good Samaritan. All the, right. The hidden meaning. The hidden meaning. That All sounds right. kind of mysterious. Start, start okay, here we go. Uh, that's vers- called a teaser, That's Matt. a teaser. That's a radio. That's a, that's a radio. radio. See, you've been at this longer than I have. Yeah. You're, you're a seasoned veteran of radio. <laughs> okay, here we go. Verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher... What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now as a Lutheran right away, what's the problem? Oh, alarms are going off in my head. Oh, my goodness. What about grace? What What about faith? What about... (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, what must I do to be saved? Well, you know, he's looking to himself and what he does rather than to Jesus and what he does. And doing something to be saved, to be forgiven. I mean, that seems like the logical, lawyery thing to think, but... That's not how it works. Well, if you're the master of the law, I guess that's what you would turn to. That's what your confidence is in, right? But again, you're not hearing, you're not seeing Jesus, are you? Who comes and says, I'm I'm the Savior. I'm the one that's going to give you eternal life. In fact, whoever believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life, even though I die. He'll live. Okay. And it's an assumption that he can do something. There, That's within the realm of possibility that he could do something to be saved. So that's the issue. I I think if you're going to read the parable, you've got to understand the issue is, what must I do or not do, (laughs) as the case may be, to inherit eternal life? Any other questions or comments you want to well, make I mean, about I that? think people still think that today, don't you? I oh, mean, it's a real thing. Yeah. Sure. The, well, I, okay, Pastor, just tell me what I got to do. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know what? You know this church stuff. What do I got to do? How often do I have to come? What do I have to do? And and it, it, again, it seems like the logical thing to do, but that's not how it works. That's not how salvation works. Not only is it a very real thing, it's a very real thing for me. Oh and, my and goodness! For Christians, it, if we get to it uh, to, today, yeah. I will demonstrate to you what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Verse 26, uh, Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Cause, clever, Because surely answer. this guy knows, right? That's right. You're the lawyer. You tell you me. tell me. Yeah, great thing. Buddy. If, by the way, is this a good guy? <laughs> is this a good guy that's coming to see Jesus here? The lawyer? Well, I mean, man, probably so. You know, I mean. Well. Well, I mean, he. He thinks he's yeah, a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's his motive for coming? Well, he's trying to uh, put him to the test, though, too. Yeah. So it's so like tricky. a good thing. No. Well, that's not a good thing, no. but I'm, you know, he's, he, if he would have been respected in the community. Yes. Yeah. A, a good guy in, in that respect. But I would hope if a guy had problems with me, he would just come up and say, hey, I got some questions about this. I, well, I, sure. I, he wouldn't try to trick me. Exactly. Try to trap no, me. what he's doing to Jesus isn't a good no, thing, okay. though. All right. Good. All right. Can we try? That's right. Okay. Uh, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. 
And, and again, if you have ears to hear, you will say, but I can't do that. Yep. <laughs> See, that's how you should respond. Uh, but this guy obviously thought he was doing that, didn't he? Yeah, I, that's the assumption that he could do this. If he tried hard enough, he could love God with all of his heart. He could love his neighbor as himself. Yeah, I can do it. In fact, I am doing it. That's I'm sure yeah. that's what he would suggest. Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, if you think about it, that's really ridiculous. Does anybody love God with all their heart and all their mind and all their soul and all their strength? I, not I, since the fall. Not since no, Adam and Eve. No. Uh, I'm just thinking what all that would involve. Uh, because you, you kind of mentioned it before, uh, you know, going to church. Well, yeah, we got to go to church. It's our obligation, and it? it's what we're required to do. But that doesn't sound like love to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I I had the unfortunate experience of having two wives, not at the same time, and and not okay. I'm Wait sorry. A second. You might want to rephrase Man, that, yeah, John. No, not having the wives, that wasn't the unfortunate experience. The unfortunate experience, I should clarify. Thank you, man. I think Lynn listens to this show, doesn't she? Is that I fell in love with women who lived off in a distance. The one woman lived in Minnesota, and I lived in Independence, Missouri. The other woman lived in Michigan when I lived in New Athens, Illinois. And, and yet, I treasured any letter, any phone call, an opportunity to visit them, that was the greatest thing that could happen to me to have contact with him. See, that's what you do if you love someone with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength and your soul. See, we, on the other hand, well, I don't know. It's I got to go play golf. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and Jesus will be there next week. He'll be there next week. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's more the attitude of the heart, isn't it? I mean, just, yeah, it's kind of a chore and obligation. And we really, if we love him, we should seek every opportunity to go to church, read the Bible, listen to wrestling with the basics. Oh. Most definitely. Um, do you, again, comparing the love of the wife, because that's someone we love with all our, or we should at least. When it comes time for your wife's birthday, what do you do for, what do you do for your wife? What do you do for Lisa and her birthday? First, I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Step number one. Well, that's a beginning. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to get her something or do something special with her. Just whatever you could get away with. <laughs> Something you think at the last minute? Well, maybe that is what it uh, is. Depends. <laughs> no, no, of course not, John. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, well, try to give it some forethought and do it out of care for her and love for her and uh, something that, that, that that's meaningful. And the best, the very best thing you yeah, can do. Yeah, right, the best right. we can do. All right, well, yeah, maybe not always. <laughs> but at least not for me. Sometimes, you know, I'm a little tight with my money. But again, I think we would agree that's what love should be. But is that how we love God? Do, do we come to church and, Lord, what, what can we give you? What can we do to help you in your ministry? Or is it, well, here's what I got left over. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. I don't, I'm I'm running that point into the ground. But obviously we don't love our God with our whole heart, soul, mind, strength. And, and do we love our neighbors ourselves, man? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's that simple, isn't no. it? It's that simple. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a similar deal. Yeah, we we don't, you know, we we don't. It's not a pleasure to serve and give to the Lord, yeah. but you know, our neighbor too. Likewise, it's it's not a pleasure to to love our neighbor. No, we we're gonna look out for number one first. With you know, usually most times, look out for ourselves, and then you know, we'll give some afterthought to our neighbor. And 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 we will love the neighbor as long as we expect him to do something back to for love us. us. But on the other hand, if he doesn't, that's it. I'm never helping that guy again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So obviously the answer should be, well, if that's what we need to do, then we cannot do that. However, how does this man answer, Matt? 
Well, well, let's see. Uh, verse, verse 29? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So so Jesus says, do this and you'll live. And then the man responds, but he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? It's So, yeah, so what's going on there? What's he doing there? Well, I, I think he's maybe, uh, he thinks he can do it, but he's he's seeing just how hard this is going to be. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's a little wiggle room, and if he does have kind of a tough time loving his neighbor, okay, may, maybe it's maybe it's limited. Maybe I don't have to quite love everyone. Uh, just tell me who I really need to love. Well, which is exactly how we think, right? Again, we love people that are kind to us, that mm-hmm. do favors to us. But obviously, if a guy's mean and nasty, well, I don't need to love him. Yep. Wait a second. I think Jesus said, love your enemies, didn't he? Okay, well, let's just forget that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, this is the context. Thank you for playing along with me, Matt, because this is the context of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Go ahead. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Jesus replies, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, then he sent him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay to you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? You want to finish All that? right. Yeah, uh, and here's, here's yeah. the Lord's response. He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So so let me share with you, and, and this isn't original with me. This actually comes from, from Martin Luther, but I thought it was just a really neat way of dealing with the parable. Because I think most people hear this parable and, and, and think, what what's the lesson of the parable, Matt? Well, you kind of... Picture yourself, okay, where do I fall in here? What's, you know, what's, yeah. what's Jesus trying to teach me? Well, he's trying to teach me, be like the good Samaritan. Yeah. So when your fellow man, when your neighbor that you're supposed to yes. love is, yeah. is down That's and out. That's kind of the point. You love help your neighbors him yourself. Love yeah. him. Yeah. Show him, uh, show him mercy. And I would say that is part of the parable. Yeah, no, we're certainly. not denying that. Um, you go and do likewise. That's pretty clear. Jesus wants us to show mercy to love our neighbor. However, that's that's not all the parables about. Well, and, and I love the way you phrase that. Where do you see yourself in the parable? Because mm-hmm. yeah, well, okay, we're supposed to be the Samaritan. I'm thinking that the lawyer probably thought that Jesus was insulting him. Because the two religious guys, like you said, he's not mm-hmm. just a, a court lawyer. He's a law, a Bible lawyer, a, a, a God's law. And, of course, so the two religious guys, the priest of Levi, they walk by on the other side. And I think he's probably thinking, oh, yeah, Jesus is insulting me, implying that that's what I would do, which is probably what I would do. Mm-hmm. But still, he's, he's insulting me. Uh, but, but no, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think who is it we really should picture ourselves in this parable? Who 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 really are we in this parable? Well, we the, the guy who's down and out, yeah. the 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 guy who got mugged and beaten and is dead and pretty much helpless, uh, half dead on the side of the road. Explain how that is. How how is it that we're the guy that's half robbed, beaten, and left half dead? Yeah. Well, how does that fit sure, you and me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
there we are. I mean, again, this man is helpless. He's he's on his own. He's he's beaten up. He's bleeding. He's he's in need of someone to come and rescue him. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, and then two people pass by, obviously, and then the Samaritan shows him that mercy. And we think of our our Savior Jesus Christ, who comes and who shows us mercy, who picks us up, who binds our wounds, who gives us healing uh, through His sacrifice on the cross, right, uh, and who cares for us. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think when we picture ourselves as that one on the side of the road, that changes our whole perspective. Yes, it does. Yeah. He has shown us mercy. You know, who's the one who was right here, the one who showed mercy? Jesus has shown us the greatest mercy ever. And so, yeah, having been shown mercy, we show mercy to others. We go and do likewise. And so if we have ears to hear and eyes to see, like you say, we have a totally different perspective on this parable. If you listen to the law, which said that you should love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, and you realize, oh, man— I'm not even beginning to do that. Love your neighbors yourself. Oh, man, I'm not even... Then you've been beaten, haven't you? You've been robbed of any yeah. self-righteousness you might have thought. And in fact, you literally are left half dead, aren't you? Because that's what the law says. The wages of sin is is death. death. You want to know what you can do to earn your salvation? If that's the question, what must I do to earn eternal life? The only thing you can do is die. <laughs> that's about it. Yep. That's what you will do. But like you say, then it's Jesus, and he comes. And, and don't you love the imagery? So he does bind our wounds, as you said, through his suffering, death, and resurrection. He pours the water, the oil of baptism upon us to forgive our sins. He takes us to the end, which is the church. Mm-hmm. And there at the end, he gives us everything we need to be taken care of, which as a pastor, man, I love that text because sometimes I feel so inadequate because I'm the innkeeper, aren't I? Yeah. And I feel inadequate. Oh, wait a second. No, I'm not inadequate. I've got everything I need to be an innkeeper. Jesus has given me his word and sacrament. That's sufficient. And then this beautiful promise, if there's anything that you need more, I'll take care of it when I come back. And, of course, when Jesus comes back, that's exactly what he's going to do. Anything that's lacking, he will fulfill it. In fact, we're all going to die, probably. Most of us, you and I will, probably, before the world comes to an end. And he'll just take care of that by resurrecting us from the dead. So it's just a great, great story. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story. And I like how you said we're we're dead. I think that's a great point. So when, when... the lawyer thinks that he can fulfill the law somehow if he tries hard or if yeah. if it's narrowed down just a certain number of ma- neighbors, well, then he maybe has a chance. But no, I think the point is the law kills us. When we know that law, what we're commanded to do, and we see that we've fallen short, <laughs> we're dead on our own, right? We need someone to rescue us, to make us alive again, and that one is, is Jesus Christ. And, and of course, as you said, uh, Please don't understand, oh, those those, those Lutherans, <laughs> all they want to do is talk about Jesus and forgiveness and mercy and, well, yeah. <laughs> all right, you got us there. <laughs> Sorry. But but no, that's not to say that there shouldn't be a fruit that flows from that. In fact, as, as Jesus says, go and do likewise, which is to say, as I have shown mercy to you, now, of course, why would you not want to show mercy to the people yeah. around you? In fact, it... It, in fact, but apart from that mercy of Jesus, no, we would never do that. We would never do that. But in his mercy, that would seem like to be the thing that, that we should do. Now, Matt, I really want to get back to the Lord's Prayer. But can I ask that when we get together uh, uh, next week, that you give me a little more time? Because immediately following this is a story of Mary and Martha. And I never realized this until I was working with this that actually, I think, goes together with the parable of the Good Samaritan. All right. Uh, in my past ministry, I always dealt with them, right? One day you do Mary Martha, another Sunday you do the sure. Good Samaritan. But Luke puts them together, 
and, and I think there's a reason for that. So if we could start with that next week, uh, and then I also have a little bit of something that Lynn wanted to share with us, and I forgot to do that this week, so my apologies for it, but we'll do it next week, and then we'll continue. What petition are we doing? Deliver us from evil. All right, so we got some exciting things waiting for you next week on Wrestling with the Basics.